and welcome to the Cambridge Assessment Podcast. I'm Ashley Capaldi and with me today is Gillian Cook, our group archivist. Hello. So today you're going to talk about how Cambridge Assessment has worked with Cambridge University Press, which is just across the road from us as we are now in our new Cambridge headquarters. So has Cambridge Assessment and the press always worked together or is this a relatively new partnership in our histories? Well, yes, we've been working together since 1858. So uh, we've put together a small display in the Press Museum to commemorate this partnership. There's a clear connection between the two, as one wrote the exams and the other printed them, but I've tried to look beyond the obvious and delve a bit deeper. So it's a bit, yeah, not as simple as one wrote, one printed them. It's a bit more interesting than that, isn't it? Well, hopefully. The local exams syndicate was set up by the Cambridge University in 1858 to offer a recognised standard of education to school leavers who aspired to enter professional employment it was the first time candidates could enter exams at centres local to where they lived, hence the word local. And now that is Cambridge Assessment. So that was formerly Uckles and we're now Cambridge Assessment. But whenever you say local exam syndicate, you mean Cambridge Assessment. It's the same thing, isn't it? That's right, yes. Yeah. yeah. So one of the first things you had to look at in the display over at the press was the Cambridge University Reporter. That's right. In the early years, the Cambridge University Reporter captured events from both organisations and included promotions for publications from the press which supported the curriculum of the examinations. Then we've got um, 1886, the first syndicate buildings on Mill Lane in Cambridge, which seems to have been chosen for its proximity to the press's own pit building. So you had a photograph of the very first buildings, didn't you? That's right. And a local exams account book... Yeah, the local exams account book lists printing and paper separately, as at that time, candidates didn't write on the question paper. So that prompted bribes from candidates who added extra paper to their scripts on the understanding that examiners were paid by weight. And I've seen this letter. I think it's the candidate begging for leniency from the examiner and saying, I've put a few more pages into this package. It should weigh more in the post. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's quite an amusing letter from candidate... An interesting tactic. Um, and then you have documents from 1896. There was a, a big conference over at the Fitzwilliam Museum. That's right. Conference documents from 1896 show that a conference run by the local exams involved the whole university at that time. There was printing by the press, accommodation and refreshments from the colleges and musical entertainment from the Cambridge University Musical Society. There was also an installation of electric lighting at the Fitzwilliam, which could only, could only be used for very short periods of time in case the fuses melted. And they have electricity now all the time at the Fitzwilliam Museum, <laughs> still standing. Um, and then you had a geography question paper. What was that illustrating? Right, well, the 1919 geography question paper showed how the exams were presented to candidates in small leaflet form. They were then um, published into, into question paper books. We also have um, published textbooks which illustrate that some local exams officers were also involved in the production of exam resources with the press. So they had two jobs at each site, literally, some people. They did, yes. I'm um, not sure how that would um, be uh, um, viewed today, but wouldn't in those make, days... Perhaps wouldn't go down as well, but back yeah. in the day... Um, and then we had a certificate of proficiency in English with quite a few foreign language elements to it. 
That's right. Um, we've got a display of the 1947 Certificate of Proficiency English exams. Um, one paper included an astonishing 21 foreign language translation papers um, from languages from Arabic to Swedish, which all had to be printed very accurately, obviously, by the press. Some of the text in these translation papers was used for the public art, which is wrapped around the Tower of the Triangle building. So the, the tiny words in our new Cambridge Assessment's new headquarters building, there's the orange light-up thing at the top of the tower, and there's lots of tiny words on that, and then the blue glass across the front of reception. So some of those tiny little words are from foreign language exam papers from that's, the 1940s. That's right. They're, um, it's, it's text from question papers that's been overlaid several times. Excellent. And then something from 1972 you also found? That's right. The past paper question paper booklets were published by the press up to 1972 and they were, they were printed for a candidate exam practice. They included a whole range of subjects, from engineering science to cookery. They had hand-drawn diagrams, illustrations, tables and maps all inserted into them. Right. And then more recently you said people maybe in the 1990s were still having to go over to the press. They had a lot more space than us and we started to need that in the 1990s, didn't we? That's right. More recently, people from both organisations remember that, that Cambridge Assessment staff worked at the press building in the early 90s. This was due largely to space constraints caused by the introduction of the new bulkier GCSE exams. So more candidates, more paper... Exactly. Needing more space. Yeah. Right. And then, so we moved in 2018. What did that mean for both assessment and the press? Well, in 2018, Cambridge Assessment again moved closer to Cambridge University Press in governance terms with the introduction of the Press and Assessment Board and physically, of course, with the move to Triangle Building on Shaftesbury Road. Which we're sat in now. So great. Thanks for joining me today, Gillian, and talking through everything that you put into the display over at the press building. There's a timeline available on the Cambridge Assessment website now where you'll be able to see everything you've been listening about today. Thank you all for listening to the Cambridge Assessment podcast as well. You can find more of them on our website. That's www cambridgeassessment.org.uk if you just search for podcast gallery and you can also look for us on iTunes.